4: in this country without regard to party politics. And now here's Michael Cargill. Good
1: day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so why in the world, please someone tell me, why is the mainstream media, why do they have this obsession with ghost guns? What's up with this? Also, the Patrick Loyola, Loyola shooting was justified also people's respect for humanity is disappearing and do yourself a favor do me a favor just for me take a gun safety class and start shooting back take a look at this video out of florida it's always in florida no this is actually in atlanta yeah it's not in florida this is atlanta so over in atlanta Police are searching for a gunman who killed a security guard outside of his Southwest Atlanta restaurant on Monday night. This happened this week, folks. So the incident occurred just before 7 p.m. on April 18th outside the American Wings and Seafood Restaurant located in a strip mall in a 300 block of Cleveland Avenue. So this is a high-resolution video. It shows detailed information of... Uh, you know, it is mounted outside the restaurant, and captured the moment a 15-year-old security guard, Anthony Frazier, pulled up in his black GMC SUV.
2: 51-year-old. 51,
1: 51. What did I say? 15. 15. Okay, 51-year-old. Yeah. So the video shows Fraser, who's 51, wearing a bl- wearing a shirt uh, that actually says enforcement on the front and back. Parked. He parked his vehicle. He got out of the SUV. In the background, there's a man wearing a backpack approach him with his hands in both of his pockets and the man appeared to be walking quickly as he closed the distance between himself and Fraser, who had just began, uh, begun walking away from his vehicle, according to the video. Now, suddenly the video showed the man pulled a handgun out of his right pocket. Then he shot the security guard in the back of the head. Security video showed Fraser fell face down on the sidewalk after he was shot. And the video showed the gunman went to Fraser's body and searched his pockets, then walked away with his stolen booty. Now, the gunman dropped his handgun to the pavement as he walked away, then stooped to pick it up and stashed it before he continued to saunter away. A witness to the shooting who had been sitting on the curb about 20 feet away uh, from where this took place just simply got up. Watched and walked away. Then the witnesses got up and walked around the far side of the fallen man's vehicle and walked away as well. Moments later, security videos show that two other men walked around the corner, followed by a woman, and encountered Fraser on the sidewalk. Now one of the men stooped down and took something out of Fraser's po Fraser's um his pocket there, and then two men appeared to argue over it. Then one of the men walked away the same direction that they the gunman came from, and they fled away. And the woman and the other man walked away opposite direction, according to the video. Police and paramedics arrived on the scene a few minutes later. Fraser was pronounced dead at the scene. And customers described Fraser as a nice man who made sure they got to their car safely outside the restaurant. And so this is, you know, very insensitive. It shows a, it it really shows me it just I actually I'm growing a f- lack of respect for humanity here so you mean to tell me this security guard guard gets out of a vehicle guy walks up behind him shoots him in the back of the head kills him and then just onlookers pedestrians you know civilians walk over and just search his pockets and take things out of his pocket just sad you know not, no concern not, not not worrying about calling paramedics law enforcement or anything like that. They're anxious to just go through his pockets and take whatever and then walk away. It's just a sad, very sad situation. And it's just, you know, I'm just losing respect for humanity here. Now, the Atlanta City Councilman Antonio Lewis said he saw Frazier whenever he ate at the restaurant and blamed the lack of gun control in the city for security guards death. It's not a lack of gun control. It's the fact that the Atlanta City Council, along with other major cities, are not funding their law enforcement, and they're not. And your district attorneys in those cities, Atlanta, just like Austin, Texas, any other major city in the country, the district attorneys are not prosecuting these people, and they can continue to commit more crimes and graduate up to other crimes.
2: They're not even investigating the crimes to then prosecute them after.
1: No, not not at all. So you're talking; these people are committing crimes. That are not just going uninvestigated, they're graduating up, and they're saying, "Hey, well, shoot, that was easy. I did this. Well, let me just go to the next stage. You know, let's go to the next phase." And they're not even being prosecuted by the district attorney's office, and so they continue to commit these crimes. So that's why I'm saying today, I'm done with it. You know, I'm done telling you, don't do this, don't do that. You know what? If someone's committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sex assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, I suggest you pull your gun out and use it. Because by the time police arrive at the scene, they're only going to be there enough time to fill out a report. But first, you gotta
2: have a gun. And
1: second, you gotta know how to use it. And third, you gotta be aware of your surroundings at all
2: times. And fourth, you gotta have your gun on you when something happens. And fifth, be ready to draw that sucker within a matter of seconds. And sixth, be ready to use it. Okay, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> And seventh, you got to have U.S. or Texas Law Shield in case you do use it. That is correct. Uh And, you know, exercise your right to remain silent.
1: Don't be that person that starts talking. Remember, you have a right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against your court of law. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. Here's what I do. When I call my attorney after I've dialed 911, I dialed 911 first. Then I call my attorney. I make sure no one can read my lips. I make sure no one can hear me. I don't want the police officer with their dash camera to hear me. I don't want any security camera to see my mouth moving. I cover my mouth, and I go somewhere where they can't see me, you can't hear me, and I talk to my attorney and get advice from my attorney.
2: Yeah, a lot of people think that when the police come after something happens that you just want to tell them everything, right? That the innocent person has nothing to hide, just tells the police everything. The police are not your friend.
1: At all. They're there to fill out a report. So don't think they're your buddy. They're not your friend. They're there to fill out a report. So you have to you have to protect yourself, as I like to say, against all enemies, foreign and domestic, <laughs> including law enforcement. So exercise your right to remain silent and talk to your attorney and let your attorney give you advice on what to do. And that's how we do it.
2: Yeah, what do those two attorneys on uh, YouTube say? They say, shut the... Uh- F up. Shut the F (laughs) up. That's right. And you need to learn how to do that because if you don't, a lot of people can't.
1: They can't do it. They can't help themselves. Got a funny story about that after we get back from the break. We come back from the break. Man, Zach's going to tell us a funny story. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Chloe on Noir,
5: and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
3: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Talk
0: 1370.
4: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
1: So the mainstream media's newest obsession is with ghost guns. They're stuck on this. They can't get off of it. It's like an addictive drug. They're just like ghost guns, ghost guns. Let's talk about ghost guns. It's like they're trying to influence legislation. They're trying to influence the next phase of what this administration is going to focus on. Also, the Patrick Loyola shooting was a justified shooting. Also, people's respect for humanity is disappearing. And do yourself a favor, take a gun class, and just start shooting back. So, Zach, you got a funny story to tell us.
2: Oh, yeah. It's basically about shutting up when talking to the police, okay? So let's rewind about 12 years when I'm in Dallas. 12 years ago, you are in Dallas. I'm with my buddy. We're out downtown Dallas. With a homeboy in Dallas. Yeah. And my homeboy, uh, he drove that night, and we're driving back, leaving this club in downtown Dallas. (laughs) And he's a bad boy, let me tell you. Is
1: he bad? How bad is he?
2: So we're driving in downtown Dallas. He starts driving the wrong way down a one-way. Uh-oh. And then these two bicycle policemen wave him down. Stop, stop. Okay, first of all, there ain't nowhere in the world I'm stopping from a cop on the bicycle. I'm telling you right now, you going to have to work for it. <laughs> you're going to have to work real right, hard. but My friend stopped, okay? And he had been drinking a little bit. Okay. And so the <laughs> 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 this music in the background is cracking me up. All right. But okay, so he stops and then these police officers are, you know, they're like, hey, you've been drinking? He's like, oh, maybe a little bit. He's You know, the police are basically saying, hey, we'll let your girlfriend drive. Mm. Not me, but another girl is in the car. (laughs) You sure it wasn't you? (laughs) (laughs) And so they're basically saying, hey, we will let your girlfriend drive. But he keeps, like, saying, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm not drunk. Mm -mm. And the police say. If you blow into this. (laughs) No, no, the police say, I want you to shut up right now if you say another word, you're going to jail.
3: Shut Uh-oh. your mouth.
2: That's- they told him to shut his mouth and that he would just, that we'd let his girlfriend drive, that she would drive us back home. There's your sign. Everything will be fine. And then about five seconds pass. And he says, well, thank you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I <laughs> he really could, appreciate he it. Could shut and up. And I said, all right, you're going to jail. <laughs> 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 he could not shut up. Oh, they man. could not, they told him to shut up, and he would not shut up. Well, he learned that day. And then they took him to jail, and his girlfriend drove us back home without him in the car, bailed him out of jail the next day.
1: About $15,000 later.
2: <laughs> not that much. No.
1: <laughs> At the bail, attorney, attorney.
2: I'm sure there were some fees involved. Oh, yeah, there were yeah. some fees involved. Uh-huh.
1: Attorney fees, yeah. Uh-huh. Even
2: the cops told him to shut up, and he wouldn't. Mm. So Some people just want to talk. Can't help themselves. Uh-huh. Can't. They just got to tell. I need to tell
1: my myself. Yeah, they think
2: that, oh, if, if I say this to the cop, if I tell him that, if I just say thank you, then they'll be appreciative. Yeah. Oh, no. But no. No. What was that accent there? Accent? <laughs> yeah, there's an accent you just gave me right now. Which one are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All was right. Was my
2: twang? Did my twang come out?
1: No, it wasn't your
2: twang. It was like an no. English accent. You're appreciative.
1: Good chap. Yeah, I'm telling on you right now.
2: (laughs) I'm hanging out to an (laughs) Englishman.
1: All right, so uh, gun violence has become a leading cause of death among U.S. youth. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. So according to, let's see, there's an article in the New England Journal of Medicine. Gun violence overtook car accidents as the leading cause of death among children and adolescents in the U.S. in 2020. What happened in 2020? COVID.
2: I don't want to hear
1: a blip about COVID from you.
2: Oh, and uh, (laughs) defund the police, right? And defund the popo. Mm -hmm.
1: All happened in 2020. Yeah, I remember there were
2: a bunch of protests against Austin police in 2020. A lot of them. The summer of 2020 is when it really ramped up. Yeah, they wanted to block the interstate. Well, they blocked the interstate. They uh, firebombed op- cars yeah. under sixth street and thirty five, I believe. Graffiti the police department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Graffiti yeah. the police department. The police department had to set up uh Barricade. Barricades and fences. All right. To protect to protect the to police, protect station,
1: the police department. Mm-hmm. i t- it, it, it wasn't like what was it, Washington State or Portland, Oregon, where they took over a substation. Actually went into a police substation yeah, uh-huh. and took it over. Yep called and they took over the whole area called the
2: Chad the Chad the remember the Chad I don't even remember what it stands yeah, for yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah autonomous district right right, right yeah yeah so it took Chapel Hill right took over the whole area uh-huh yeah so
1: according to the analysis of uh, mortality data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention it revealed that nearly 30% increase in gun-related deaths among Americans up to age 19 between 2019 and 2020 Now, these deaths include incidents of suicide, accidental shootings, and homicides, with homicides outpacing the other two categories. The number of deaths from car accidents and gun homicides among infants, children, and young adults has been growing closer since 2016. Now, drug overdoses and poisoning increased by more than 80% between 2019 and 2020. And the researchers found to be, uh, they found to become the third leading cause of death among this demographic. Man, that's crazy. That's a lot. And we knew gun violence had increased, but I was surprised by the level of increase for just one year. You know, so I, I knew 2020, 2020 was going to be a bad year. You know, with people being shut, you know, shut in, totally just locked down. Yeah, you can't. you, you need that interaction with other people, and if you don't have that interaction, you know. You don't. You can't touch someone. You can't feel someone. Their presence, you know, it causes problems, and so we definitely saw this. So it's not. It's not about guns.
2: You know, it's about COVID. Do you remember when COVID first really hit back in March of 2020? Yes, and they told you. You know, you got to live in fear. Even going to the grocery store, I was like,
1: I'm not staying inside.
2: Uh, Do not hang out with any of your friends or family. I hung out with everybody. I had parties, but they told you. Other people knew more about the realities of the lockdowns and not seeing people. And And that's
1: that's how we got introduced to it. The new favorite place that we go to and have food and drinks because you're like they were the only place that was open. Everyone else was shut down. Which place? I'm not seeing. So they were open <laughs> and everyone else was <laughs> shut down. I was like, you know what? Let's, you know, let's you know, let's all go to this place. And I remember in April, there was like a wedding reception in this place. And and all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting at the bar and all there was like at least 70 people inside this place. And I'm thinking, man, this is it. I'm definitely gonna get COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get it, you know, and I didn't get it. Nothing happened. If, you know, if I did feel something, didn't notice it. I was like, we're, we're good. We're in the clear. Because if I don't die now, I'm not going. <laughs> You're not going to get rid of me that easy. So I'm here to stay. <laughs> this is a tough body right here. Let not me going tell anywhere. You. Not going nowhere. It's a tough body. You have to run me over. So the rise in shooting deaths among the nation's youngest is part of a larger increase in homicides that that same time period. So gun homicides across the U.S. rose 33% in 2020. According to this same study, this increase was disparately felt by black Americans who, despite making up 14 percent of the U.S. population, accounted for nearly half of the nation's homicide victims. Half. Even though the black community is only 14 percent of the population, the black community accounted for half of the nation's homicide. That's a parenting issue. Well, we need to talk about who your parents are and what's going on.
2: Well, in 2020, there were 12.2 million Americans that seriously thought about suicide. Mm. 3.2 million planned a suicide attempt mm. and 1.2 million attempted suicide.
1: And the media, they don't want, like talking about suicides. They're like, no, let's not talk about suicide because if we talk about suicides. More people are going to commit suicide. Then I'm like, why do you discuss shootings?
2: Why yeah, do you, why do they why do you, talk <laughs> about shooting? What do you discuss? 24 7. That
1: makes no sense to me. Oh, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about that, but we don't talk about suicides because we did talk about suicides. More people would commit suicide. That makes no sense. I don't get it. Makes no sense whatsoever. Now, one of the uh, young people killed in 2020 was Andre Robinson Jr., who was 19 when he was shot in the back on 8th of November while delivering breakfast to his girlfriend's Oakland, California home. Another was Aaron Pryor, a football player who was shot and killed in the same city on the 27th of September, less than a month after his 16th birthday. I tell you, as a, as a 53-year-old black male boy, you know, I'm just excited to be, oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm excited to be, you know, 53, because good Lord, 16, 19, and lose your life, and you're just going from point A to point B, that's sad. We need to talk about the community. You know, this is where it goes to church. You know, the churches need to get into the community and talk to your members and see what you can do in those communities. We need to, you know, we need to talk our family members and talk about how to grow that family unit and how to love each other, and respect each other, respect, you know, that human presence and respect that body. Because once you pull a gun out, you've discharged that firearm. It goes through a body That will change a lot of lives and it will change lives forever. And we got to learn how to respect each other and respect human life. Because life is very precious. And once you pull that gun out and use it and you take that life, you need to make sure that's something you definitely want to do. Because I guarantee you that will change your life forever. We come back from the break. We got some more stories to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about ghost guns. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to come and talk it hi this is stephen willifer the barefoot defender i get my global gun news from michael
5: cargill at come and talk it
0: is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports
1: clock at 4 Doncic the step back 3 you bet. music
2: you set my world on fire yes,
0: and even podcasts
3: whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tunein.com or download the tunein app to start listening Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com.
5: Talk 13, 7, the
0: right choice.
4: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
1: right, so today we're talking about Uh, The mainstream media's newest obsession in ghost guns. We're talking about Patrick Loyola, that shooting that took place. And we also, you know, I've just lost respect in humanity. You know, after watching a security officer, a security officer shot in the head and then then robbed right afterwards. You know, and then, you know, so that's why I'm just suggesting people, you know, take, you know, take your own personal safety in, in your own hands. You know, that's the best way to handle that. But you know what? You know, Chris Rock. Chris Rock's uh, mother doesn't consider Will Smith's Oscar band punishment, you know, enough. And so the problem with that is Chris Rock. And I'm just wondering. There we go. Chris Rock. <laughs> sorry, i getting feedback in here. I couldn't figure out what the feedback was from. So, you know, and, and uh, Chris Rock's mother comes out and speaks out, you know, Chris Rock. And I'm thinking, you know, if my mother comes out and, and, and speaks out against something that happened to me, then that pulls me down as lesser of a man. <laughs> the last thing I want is my mother to come out and try to defend me. You know, I'm thinking I'm a grown man. I can should be I should be able to defend myself.
2: I mean it's a pretty hot take. Uh everything about Will Smith and Chris Rock. I mean, if you just forget about the fact that You know, it's probably a cover for trying to get us to stop talking about something else. If we just take it for what it is, Mm. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, (laughs) then. At that moment in time,
1: you know, he probably needs to be slapped.
2: Okay. From the way I see it, you got two sides. One side says, Oh, Will Smith, such a great guy defending his wife. Right. And the other side is, Hey, we got to be able to make jokes without the person making jokes getting physically assaulted assaulted
1: uh-huh. on live TV yeah. in front of millions of people yeah, around so the world. Who is world. in the
2: right? The right. guy defending his wife's honor because of a GI Jane joke or you know Cle- clearly The guy making the joke. Clearly,
1: you know, everyone's in the wrong here, but just because someone does something or says something to me doesn't mean I need to physically assault that person. I actually use some conflict resolution skills, pull that person to the side after this event and say, look, I did not appreciate, you know, what you did. You know, you know, and please, you know, my wife is going through this experience right here. It's affecting her life It's affecting our entire family. You may not be aware what's happening to my wife. So let me tell you what's happening to her. And, you know, she's bothered by that. And you put her in a very bad position. You hurt her feelings by, you know, bringing this this up. For the world to hear. You know, there are better ways of handling that. You know, you just can't, you don't have a right to assault someone just because you dislike what they say.
2: Yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see it being okay. You know, if he called her up, right? You <laughs> know, if he called her like something really horrendous, if he just said she was that, then, you know, there's a little bit more grounds to do that. But just a joke about, you know, Honestly, I. When
1: I, you know when I look at the video, he laughed.
2: You know, yeah, Will, he laughed. Will
1: Smith laughed yep. about it, and then he Will looked Smith
2: over, just smacked the shit out of it.
1: <laughs> and then he looks over at his wife, and she's not laughing. And so he's like, "I gotta do oh, something. I better do something. I better do something to do it right now." So this is there's there's a lot there's something going on in that relationship. Yeah, he
2: laughed. That's a That's very the first part of that joke. Yeah. Yep, you called that. That's a toxic
1: relationship. Uh-huh. There, something's going on there. So you know, something's what? up.
2: Oh. Do you know about the previous history of this relationship? No detail. You don't know? No, I don't know. Okay. So, Give it to me. So Will Smith and Jada were on live TV on an interview. uh And she basically admits that she was having an affair, a, an affair with a younger rapper about their son's age. Hmm. Well, you know. And that uh, their relationship well, was... Uh, more energy. Was uh, energetic in nature.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's what it sounds if I can like to say me. That,
2: but yeah, uh-huh. some guy named uh, what was his name? August or Augustus or something, mm. something Hard- like that. I can't remember his exact. Hardcore. Name. <laughs> but yeah, he's basically some young rapper that she was sleeping with, and then he was like, "Oh, you're doing what with him?"
1: Oh, he was. <laughs> She's oh, like, wow.
2: Yeah, I don't need your permission. She said that on live TV. I don't need your permission. Yeah, something. There's a lot. I'm going a on strong, in- empowered woman.
1: Definitely something going on in that relationship, you know, and it's. Oh, well, it, we
2: already know that. Yeah. That she was uh, having extramarital. There's a little head game going fun. on there. Big, uh-huh. huge head game. Uh-huh.
1: So, yeah, it's, I, you know, that's why I don't get, you know, get too sucked in into it.
2: Yeah, he is her pawn,
1: basically. Big time.
2: Uh-huh.
1: It happens all the time, you know. Let's see. Um, That's Chris Rock. Oh, man, I lost it. So I do want to talk
2: about. Oh, you want to talk about um Rare Breed Triggers. What's going on with Rare Breed Triggers? Oh, yeah. That would be uh, very interesting to talk about. So Rare Breed Triggers. Rare Breed Triggers, as most of us know, have been, um, well, they've been sent or cease and desist letter that they stopped selling their forced reset trigger. All right. <clears throat> they sold what's called FRT-15. What are those things? It's a forced reset trigger. What does it which- do? So when you fire an AR-15, this is a trigger designed for the AR-15 platform. When you fire this trigger, the bolt travels backwards, just like with any other trigger. When you fire an AR-15, the bolt travels back. It pushes the buffer tube, pushes the uh, the buffer back in the buffer tube, and the bolt comes forward again to chamber the next round and go into reset. Is just like any other trigger, but on its way back with a forced reset trigger, like the rare breed trigger, your bolt comes back and it pushes this part of the trigger that forces the trigger back into reset. Hence the name forced reset trigger. Mm. And it pushes the trigger forward. Even if your finger is pulled on it. So that means when you pull the trigger, In slow motion, the bolt comes back, it comes forward, and it pushes the trigger forward in your finger, okay? Mm. So then if you apply pressure to that trigger, you fire very quickly. Very quickly. And that type of trigger, because you are pulling the trigger every time, it's classified as a semi-automatic. It is not a machine gun because a machine gun fires multiple rounds with one pull of the trigger right but with this trigger you're pulling the trigger over and over even though it's resetting under your finger and now um it was uh it was the atf that sent a cease and desist letter to a to a rare breed that told them to quit selling that trigger mm. rare breed did not they continued to sell the trigger because a cease and desist
1: letter means nothing
2: there's a cease and hey, desist letter
1: stop doing what you're doing
2: yeah we don't like it bite me yeah Congress said one thing that a machine is one, th- a machine gun is one thing mm-hmm. but we say that it's something different
1: Nah, then nah, nah, the boo-boo stick ahead and do do
2: yeah that's what the ATF says they even they defined machine gun as something that fires multiple rounds with one pull of the trigger and then they define the rare breed trigger the force reset trigger as a trigger that you know, you have to pull multiple times to fire each round. And then they say, therefore, that makes the rare breed trigger a machine gun, which it's like- is bollocks. X equals Y, you know? Right. Which doesn't actually compute. And so they sent that letter to rare breed and they also issued an open letter to every licensed gun dealer in the US telling them that uh, in the ATF's opinion, the Force Reset Trigger is a machine gun. Uh, But Daniel O'Kelly, who is basically the former technical director of the ATF, he is now an expert witness. He was an expert witness for the ATF, and now he has basically come out and said, hey, this rare breed trigger is not a machine gun. You can't classify it as that. Mm. And so now, if the ATF... Wants to try and go after anybody with a rare breed trigger, they have to basically discredit this guy who has been used as an expert witness for the ATF <laughs> in court.
1: So that means they discredit him. They got discredit- They discredit
2: all the past their- cases that Ooh. they've done before.
1: Is that a hill you want to
2: climb?
1: I did to say, Huh? we willing to climb that hill? Yep. Because I'd be like, oh, excuse me, he's been discredited. Uh, can I get my case thrown out? <laughs> can, can I? Can we rehear my case again, please? Because your star witness, the one that fried me, has been discredited.
2: Yeah, because Congress <laughs> is the only one that can make law. That's right. Not the ATF. That's right. The definition of a machine gun, as put forth by Congress, says that a single function of the trigger, not a single continuous pull of the trigger, Right, we have three, makes it a machine
1: three branches of government, not a fourth subsect.
2: Yeah, not a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> not a fourth stepchild. We have three branches of government. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they will basically have to go back and discredit this guy that they've used as their expert witness mm-hmm. if they want to go forward
1: with this. That's interesting. That's That's a slippery slope, mm-hmm. and I don't think they want to climb that hill. So that means, that tells me that probably none of your prosecutors are going to want to stand up and take any of these cases to court.
2: Well, they've actually said that. Yeah, they've said that the prosecutors will not prosecute this because of the fact that they can't win.
1: Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way, no way, because then that's that's a bad precedent. And I know they're not willing to climb that hill. That's that's hilarious. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Man, good to know. So,
2: hmm. And as we know, the ATF has just released basically a letter about, uh, 80% lowers.
1: And, and don't go out and poke the bear, you know? So if you're going to get your rare breed pre- trigger, get it, enjoy well, they're it. They're sold out.
2: Yeah. Don't
1: post videos online. You know, don't send an ATF a letter, asking them a question, you know, trying to call a question or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just let it, you know, let it go and just let's move on. Cause they're not going to be able to do anything.
2: You think don't that's poke, the way to do it? Don't poke the bear. You don't yes. think you should just walk up to the bear while it's sleeping and no. put your uh, finger in his mouth?
1: Uh, don't agitate no. the bear. You may, you're gonna get the response you don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, so now, What I'm, if
2: you have Texas Law Shield?
1: Uh, I'm still not gonna poke the bear. Yeah. I don't wanna get there's responses I don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want you know what I'm saying? You don't
2: want any undue scrutiny?
1: Right. I don't wanna yeah. have to go through years and years of litigation because I poked the bear. I don't want to go through years and years and years of litigation because I I asked a question.
2: Let somebody else do that. Yeah,
1: don't do it. All right, so yeah, take the fifth. <laughs> Thomas says I'm taking the fifth. I'm gonna exercise my right to remain silent. I'm not posting videos of myself, you know, firing any of these guns at all you know, with rare breed triggers on them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So keep it to myself. Enjoy my pleasures at home in the in the or on the conference of my own little range there. All right, enjoy yourself. All right, we come back from the break. We got to talk about um, police stops. I'm going to talk about that. Police stops. Police stops of black people often filled with fear and, and anxiety. Ah, and it's all about the Patrick Loyola and how he disobeyed an officer doing a traffic stop. We come back from the break. I'm going to talk about that more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: Peace. This is Mosh Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Carney.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
5: Austin's Talk 1370.
4: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
1: All right, so we're back and we're talking about you know shootings and traffic stops and all that good kind of stuff so there's like a lot of video about there you know you can go to youtube and just watch video after video after video and um there's you know there's you have the george floyd video you have patrick loyola you know and a, a patrick loyola disobeyed an officer doing a traffic stop and he tried to run then wrestle with the officer Over his taser before the officer fatally shot him in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So you know, shooting after shooting after shooting, and I'm I'm gonna tell you, how do you? This is how you don't put yourself in those situations. Okay, even if an officer is being overly aggressive, which that's usually how my traffic stops go. You know, I'm always getting yelled at. You know, (laughs) by by a police officer. So you know, you you're gonna let them go, let them yell. You know, it's not about winning that particular. You know, in you know, encounter, it's about, you know, you want to win the war, but you're going to lose that fight right there. You know, yes, I'm going to lose this fight, but I want to win the war. OK, so an officer pulls me over being overly aggressive, has had a bad day yelling and screaming at me. That's fine. Let this officer yell and scream. It's OK. It's not a big deal to me. I don't care. You know, I, you know, it's, you know, it's I don't have an ego like that where, you know, I'm worried about him yelling or she yelling and screaming. So I'm going to follow the officer's instructions. The officer asked me to step out of the vehicle and then step out of the vehicle. There's out of everything this officer tells me to do, I'm going to do everything the officer tells me to do. There's one thing I will not do. That one thing is if an officer tells me to remove my gun you know, or put my hands on my gun or put my gun out and put it down somewhere, I'm never going to do that. I will never touch my firearm at all. I will always allow an officer to remove the firearm from me. That's the one thing I will not do, but I will follow all other instructions. You know, I, you know, if the officer is demanding me pull my gun on my holster or something like that, I will just simply tell this officer, I do not feel comfortable doing that. You're going to have to remove the firearm from me. As simple as that. I'm not going to raise my voice and get all excited and all that kind of stuff. You got to remain calm and, and you know, kind of take charge of your emotional feelings. Do not allow someone to take charge of your feelings. You know, don't don't let them control you. You control the situation. So, you know, this person is getting upset. They're aggressive. You know, you got to remain calm. Take control of that situation. You control the tone and the direction that the conversation is going. And, you know, keep your hands in plain sight. You know, And then the officer asks you to step out of the vehicle. You know, and you re- step out of the vehicle. Uh, keep your hands in plain sight. Don't move fast. Take your time. Slow and smooth is how I like to do it. You know, just like we're teaching people how to shoot and do different things, slow and smooth. Take your time. If you're slow, it's smooth, everything will go perfect. And then you step out of the vehicle. The officer asks you to put your hands on the vehicle. You put your hands on the vehicle. Officer grabs you, throws you to the ground, let them do whatever they're going to do. If I am scratched, if I start bleeding, I'm suing. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I'm getting a good attorney and I'm suing for every scratch every scrape I have on my body, but I'm going to allow them to do whatever they're doing. Okay? And and get through that traffic stop. Because it's about winning the war, not winning the that battle or that skirmish. That's what it's about. So follow their instructions and do what they ask you to do. And you will get through that traffic stop and go home. And if you are scratched, <laughs> if you are hurt, if you any bones broken, then you're going to be good to go. You'll have as many Chick-fil-A sandwiches as you want, large fries, you know, Big Macs. You'll be able to buy every, treat everyone to a great meal. So just relax. Don't take it personally. Follow the instructions, and you get through those traffic stops. Uh, that's what I see in a lot of videos. Um, uh, in this video, now it's coming to mind. Now I remember the video now. And it was um, this guy was pulled over by a police officer. And so the officer walks up to the vehicle because he had like a broken taillight or something like that. And we're talking about the Patrick Loyola shooting. So the officer asked uh, this guy, when the officer pulled him over, Patrick Loyola jumped out of the vehicle immediately. The officer said, no, get back in the vehicle uh, and give me your driver's license. And the Patrick Loyola was so concerned. Why are you stopping me? Why are you pulling me over? Why are you putting your lights on? Don't be, it's, it's not a big deal. Let this officer do what they do. They're doing an investigation. Let them conduct their investigation, figure things out. And then you're probably going about your way and going about your day. Yeah, but he was so concerned with trying to get this officer to tell him, why did you stop me? You know, why did you pull me over? Let the officer do what they're going to do. So they're, they're going to pull, if they're going to write you a ticket, guess what? They're going to write you a ticket. There's nothing you can do to stop them from writing you a ticket. They're going to write the ticket, you know, whatever it is. So instead of just getting back in the vehicle, hand the officer his driver's license, you know, he decides to stand in and argue and debate the issue and refuse to get back in the vehicle. Uh, the officer is asking for his identification, uh, asking for registration of the vehicle or something like that, something of that nature, and instead of getting that for the officer and getting back in the vehicle, he stays outside the vehicle and continues to argue with the officer. It gets to the point where the uh, they get moved to the grass on the other side of the vehicle in front of someone's house. It gets to the point where they start wrestling, you know, pulling, you know, the officer's trying to put him in handcuffs now because he's not complying. You know, when my parents were involved in a shooting, uh, my parents were involved in a shooting where someone, you know, crawled through the second floor of their master bathroom window and had to shoot and, and stop this person. And my mother opened the front door One of the very first things I said to my mother is, you know, don't have a gun in your hand when you open the door, put the gun down on the table, then open the door, and then listen to the officer's instructions. Because immediately, the officers don't know that in that particular situation, that's your house. They don't know you're the homeowner. They don't know if you're the good guy, the bad guy. They don't know. All they know, they got a call. There's a shooting. They got to take charge of the situation and figure things out. So they remove my parents from the house, separate them, put them in two separate vehicles and took them to the police station. You have to allow the officers to do their job and figure things out. So instead of him complying, they make it over to this to the grassy area. Now he's trying to put him in handcuffs, can't put him in handcuffs. Now they're he's you know, the the officer pulls out the taser, goes to hitting with the taser. He kind of misses. This guy grabs the officer's taser, takes the officer's taser away. Ends up wrestling on the ground. The officer ends up pulling out his gun. Ends up shooting this guy because now he has the officer's taser in his hand. Officer shoots him in the back of the head kills him. And I'm telling you, it's totally justified. And that could have all been avoided. It could have been avoided because all he had to do was just comply. It was a simple traffic stop of a broken taillight. Turned out that, what, the, I think the, the t- license plate did not have belong on that vehicle. And I'm not sure if Patrick Loyola actually had a valid driver's license. So, you know, it was just one thing after the other. And all he had to do was just comply and accept a couple of written tickets that he was going to get and go on about his day. But instead, he's dead. And now there's a big, huge uproar in Michigan about this particular, you know, incident. And it all could have been avoided. It all could have been avoided. And now we have two families' lives that have changed forever. Because... We're so big and we're getting caught in our egos and not want to listen to each other, listen to what the other person is saying, you know, and, you know, and try to work through the issues that we're having. You know, everyone wants to talk and no one wants to listen. And that's part of the problem. George Floyd's 2020 slaying by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, the 2014 strangulation death of Eric Garner by a New York City officer, and the shooting death of Michael Brown that same year by an officer in Ferguson, Missouri, are among high-profile encounters that prove deadly, you know, for a lot of people. But you got to comply. You know, uh, Derek Chauvin definitely should have been charged in the situation with George Floyd, because that incident never should escalate to that point. Um, Eric Garner, that officer should have been charged and convicted in that situation because it never should escalate to that point. Eric Garner was not resisting. Um, Michael Brown, don't know. There's no video. Not sure about what happened in that situation. So we have to let the jury decide, you know, and hopefully the jury did the right thing uh, for whatever information they were provided. Don't know. I don't have a clue. I have nothing going on there. A store employee called police saying Floyd allegedly tried to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. A $20 bill should not cost you your life. Complying that the officer do what they want to do is, you know, 20 bucks, whatever, you know, if you comply, maybe they'll let you just pay for whatever the item is that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get. You never know. You know, they have bigger fish to fry, you know, so don't take things so serious. Not It's not all about you. It's, you know, get out of your own head. You know, just let things go.
2: It's not that serious. What do you think? I mean, hey, the government's just printing money every day, right? (laughs) Did you know that of all the money in circulation, did you know that 80% of it is new as of the last two years?
1: 2020, baby.
2: Yeah, so two years ago, there was only 20% of all the money that's in circulation now.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, Is that believable? I believe it. Yeah. I mm-hmm. believe it. I believe so it. So they just print money? Yeah. yeah. Why can't George Floyd? Hey,
1: yeah. The right? Gov- the government can do it. He should be able to do it. Yeah, he should be able to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We come back from the break. we got a little more to talk to you about. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks,
5: this is Doug Man Jones.
1: (laughs) And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill.
4: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
1: Producer Gay Call. Hey. All right, we're back, and we're talking about, let's see. Man, I want to talk about ghost guns. Ghost guns and the Biden administration's new rule to curb them. Zach, tell us about these ghost guns.
2: Yeah, well, they let out a letter of uh, maybe 200 pages, basically trying to outlaw something known as the 80% lower receiver, which is uh, basically something that's been legal for quite some time, where the lower receiver of a firearm um, is not complete and they were allowed to be sold to individuals without requiring an FFL to actually facilitate the transfer. And they were not a serialized firearm. And Biden is urging the ATF to stop this at once. Oh, shit. And the ATF has just let out a letter. I believe it was last week. Uh, with new regulation on incomplete receivers,
1: yeah, and, and I don't know what's their obsession of ghost guns here. You know what? 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 Is, I don't understand the big deal.
2: They're afraid of ghosts. You know,
1: <laughs> is that what it is?
2: I ain't afraid of no ghosts.
1: You <laughs> know, you're not. He <you're> <laughs> <laughs> ain't afraid of no ghosts. I tell you, I, I yeah, I don't know the infatuation by that. Uh, we're, we'll find out, but you know what? I want to. I want to bring. I you can here.
2: tell you what the infatuation is. Go ahead, is if tell, you really tell know. me.
1: Inquirer, minds want to know. These
2: are receivers that are not serialized and documented to the ATF. Okay, and we have recently found out that the ATF has been keeping records of all transfers. Uh-huh. Right? They said they didn't, but they have been, and they've also changed regulations or FFLs, that they no longer can only keep their records for 20 years, mm. but now they have to keep them forever. Oh, no, don't do that. that.
1: Really? I, I, okay. No, I, it's,
2: I, not I it's, it's not you. It's not. I'm saying it, right? Okay.
1: You think yeah. that's what they want to
2: do? Well, they want to know every firearm <sighs> that's gone, and they want to know its entire route. Mm. They want to know who has it, mm. who had it.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Hell yes! all right you know what we're going to
1: come back to that because i I have on the phone philip smith and philip is the founder of the national african-american gun association and there's a new law that was signed it was it was it actually passed the georgia legislature there it was signed by the governor it's going to affect their constitutional carry law and you know phil you know welcome to come and talk it sir Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. All right. Sorry to catch you in the restaurant. I know it's it's, you know, it's like <laughs> six p m in Atlanta prime time to eat dinner and all that good kind of stuff. And I called you totally out of the blue literally a second ago. And it's all we right, know,
5: uh, southern folks, so we got to have our food at six, so it's, it's good.
1: I know. And my, my parents are in Atlanta right now. They're actually in Snellville, Georgia. They're eating dinner, too. So I truly apologize for this, sir. No, not at all. All right. So, but I, I do want to ask you about this constitutional carrier for Georgia. You know, kind of like tell me a little bit about the law, what your thoughts are about this, and how you think it's going to affect Georgia residents.
5: In essence, the law is going to allow anyone that has. has able to pass the background check to purchase a gun, and when you purchase that gun, they'll be allowed to conceal automatically. You don't have to go through the conceal carry uh, step two process, which I did in many other thousands and thousands of other Georgians. It allows you, in my estimation, to, to protect yourself that much quicker with no delay, with no fingerprints, no more uh, photos that have to be taken, and you can just grab a gun legally, pass the background check, and then you can walk out and... Concealed carry, which I think is a very good thing for, for everyone.
1: Okay. And, I, you know, I kind of like Texas. I, li- I like Texas how we actually we, – we have constitutional carry also, by the way, that just that actually went into effect on September 1st of 2021. But I, I like our, li- our license to carry handgun program because we actually do a class that's four to six hours long where we talk about use of force and daily force and all that good kind of stuff. We go over all the laws, where you can, where you cannot take a gun. We we're, In Texas, we, and it's all about educating people, you know, as far as that. But then, yeah, then we have constitutional carry that comes along, which, you know, should be, you know, everyone should have a right to be able to, as long as you can pass a background check, to be able to carry the gun. But I still think it's important for people to take a class, you know, and get some training and be proficient with the firearm. And also, I think, learn a little of the laws
5: yeah and i agree i think you know and most folks are going to do that they're going to buy their gun they're going to get trained uh, we certainly advocate that within our organization and, and our folks do and I, I think most you know common sense folks who buy a gun is they're going to say hey i've never really shot a gun let me go out and get you know a certified trainer nra usca whatever the case may be right and get that training so i think you know most people are they're very um practical in terms of buying a gun. We're not going to go out there and do something that's crazy. Correct. Particularly particularly law-abiding citizens. We we know what, what to do and what not to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, how do you think this is going to fare in Georgia? You think uh we're going to have any oh, repercussions?
5: I think everybody that I've spoken to that's a law-abiding gun owner loves the fact that they can we have constitutional carry in Georgia. Now, obviously there's some folks that don't agree with that, you know. But that's for them to deal with. Um, the state, I think, is moving in a great direction in terms of constitutional carry. It's certainly something that we back as a as a pro-2A organization, a pro constitutional carry uh, organization. Uh, I know our our members are we're giddy.
0: Right. <laughs> We've been very,
5: very happy because I think it's a long time coming. Too often, and I'll say this to everyone who's listening to me, I get lots and lots of calls, especially from the ladies that are. In domestic abuse situations, they need to go out and buy a gun as fast as possible, and they want to carry that gun with them as soon as possible. Oftentimes that 30-day or six weeks or 8 weeks delay in getting your concealed carry license can mean life or death. And now those those types of situations, you don't have to wait. You can buy your gun right there, begin carrying, but then protecting yourself, and also take lessons as soon as possible. And I think that's a win-win-win, not only for the 2A community, but particularly Women are are those folks that are under duress based on somebody trying to hurt them. So I think it's a it's a great thing,
1: right? And then and Philip, you know, Philip Smith is the founder of the National African American Gun Association, and in twenty twenty, you know, was a really big year for the National African American Gun Association. You know, the membership grew dramatically in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. You know, you know what? What do you have to say about that, Philip?
5: Yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, you know, and bear in mind, you know, I God forbid, you know, COVID was a a game changer for all of us,
1: regardless of your color, your political
5: leanings, you know, whatever. But it 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 directly impacted our organization in such an exponential way. We're up to forty-five thousand members now. Um, at some point, we had uh, twenty-five hundred people join from Sunday, from Monday to a a Monday morning. Mm. So it's really this. People have been joining typically about one thousand new members per month, wow. even up uh, even up until now. So that's. Those are big numbers for us. They're not, they're not Google. They're not Facebook. But for us, being the little guy on the block, that that means a lot for us. Right,
1: right. Yeah, and, and I like it because people are coming to the National African American and Gun Association to get you know get training and get educated. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what yeah, we, as, as you know, we focus on training
5: and education and more training and more education, more training. I mean, that's what we do. That's our core. We're not a political animal at all. We have Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians. We have some folks that don't even want to talk about politics, whatever they you know, that's their choice, but you come to NAGA, regardless of your color, we have many, many uh, folks outside of our community, white, Asian, Latino, that have been joining in droves, because what we represent is you can come to us, we're going to give you a high five, we're going to give you a big hug and say, welcome, brother, welcome, sister, regardless of who you are, and you're going to learn about a gun, you're going to learn how to hold it, Isosceles versus Weaver, shotgun versus pistol at home for self-defense, AKA 47 versus AR, you're going to learn all those Conversations and those topics, and you're going to learn in a very detailed manner so that when you walk out the door, we're not going to say you're going to be, you know, Jason born, but you certainly have a level of confidence when you go through our training over a matter of months and years that's going to allow you to have confidence when you carry that gun or if someone breaks through your house at two o'clock in the morning, at least it gives you a chance. It doesn't guarantee you anything, but we believe our training gives you a level of confidence and expertise that that is needed if you're going to be a, a gun owner in America today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I did. There's a, a news article that came out this week that said pro gun group Argus Georgia's new gun law could be dangerous. You know, and I was like, and, and I didn't like that article. I didn't like the the tone that they were taking in the article. So I said, you know what? Let me give Philip a, a call and let Philip. You you know, I'm gonna
5: say this. I almost chewed somebody's
1: head off, literally. Oh, I can I can it imagine. Was, that's why I, I had to give cool. you a call. And I said, let me give Philip a call oh. and let Philip talk about this law. You know what's Yeah, because I, I we are.
5: We are gun organization. We are obviously pro-2A we're pro-constitutional carry. And the conversation I had with the reporter who was just trying to sensationalize the title by making it seem we were anti-gun. And I called him up. I called his editor up, his manager, and said, look, I will never talk to you guys again. If that's the way you guys do business, just to try to get a few more clicks on your website, I get it. Thank you. Um, I'll never talk to you guys again. And that's what happened. I mean, we literally had to get our legal on the, on the phone with them and, to and get them corrected.
1: I didn't even have to ask you about it. I immediately knew. <laughs> you know oh, I immediately knew. I didn't even have. A, I know you didn't have to ask you. You know, and I. I know this organization. I follow. You know, I'm. I'm a member of National African American Gun Association. So I was like, exactly. I know what's exactly. going on. And I. You know, it's it's Huffington Post. I immediately knew. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get Philip on, ask Philip some questions, and boom. I knew the direction it was going to go without even saying anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> As you guys know, it so you Mike.
5: I, I am pro America, pro 2A all the way. And I believe that the African American community, we need to step up, really back the 2A community and get active in terms of our voice. Make sure everyone understands that there are black folks out there that, that really like guns. And we're here to stay. We're not going away and we're going to back our other brothers in the 2A community when it comes to conversations, arguments, fights. We're all, we're all in this together. That's right. And regardless of where you are, or where you live, what you look like. And we have to, that's the bigger message I try to really put up to everybody in our organization. We're all family. We're all part of the 2A family. And let's fight together, because we'll go a lot further together than individuals um, stepping up and trying to fight for all of us.
1: That's right. And, you know, Phyllis Smith, founder of the National African American Gun Association, tell me how people can find you and your group. Sure, absolutely.
5: Go to www.naaga.co. Please join. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have your input. Uh, We're looking for members all the time, and uh, we'd love to have you become part of our brotherhood and our sisterhood. Um, as I told Michael, we'll give you a big hug and a, and a kiss and, and welcome you on. And definitely I'd uh, like to have as many members, uh, our new members potentially join and um, have you part of the family. All
1: right. Thank you, Philip Smith, founder of the National African-American Gun Association. Sir, please go back in and finish your, your dinner. I apologize, sir. Thank you. It's getting
5: cold, but it, it was worth it.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you. All right. All right. That's Philip Smith, the founder of the National African-American Gun Association. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Austin's Talk 1370.
4: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
1: right, so we got a couple things I'll get through. I want to get through this in within like, 10 minutes here. All right, so what the left gets wrong about ghost guns. What do you think they're getting wrong about ghost guns?
2: What are they getting right about them?
1: I know, right? <laughs> well, the spike in crime has nothing to do with firearms enthusiasts building guns in their garages and home workshops.
2: That's not what it's all about. You know what ghost guns used to be? What do they used to be? They used to be regular guns guns. that were sold on the black market that had their serial numbers filed off.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what I know of a ghost gun. Mm -hmm. But now the media has turned into something totally different.
2: Yeah, so uh, what would happen if somebody came to your shop and tried to sell you a gun that had a serial number filed off?
1: Oh, man, I would We would call the police and talk to him
2: until the police got there.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're going straight to <laughs> jail. Don't drop the soap.
2: <laughs> so that was previously what they called ghost guns. That's right.
1: All right. So also, let's talk about Murphy renews push for even tougher New Jersey gun laws after proposals stalled. All right. So speaking from the pulpit of a Patterson Church, Governor Phil Murphy... On Tuesday, he renewed his call for a state lawmakers to pass a package of bills to further tighten the New Jersey's already strict gun laws. He did this from the pulpit in the church. He said, hey, I need you to come down here and come up with some stricter, I say, stricter gun laws for New Jersey.
2: You know, he's an old
1: white guy, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just had to give it that because it was in a black church. <laughs> oh, it was? Yeah, it was in a black church. Day after day, members of our New Jersey family are being shot and killed, uh, according to Murphy. The, <laughs> God's the, gonna get you for that. I know. Uh-oh. I'm sorry.
2: No, keep going.
1: <laughs> keep no. going. It said that uh, an event in St. Luke Baptist Church, I said, uh, attending by a number of other Democrat officials, It's outrageous. Their state government and trending. And Trent New jersey is not being not doing everything they can to stem the violence I know right. I know I'm sorry, forgive me no 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 <laughs> I know I'm sorry I'll behave myself uh moving on the army the United States Army's next generational squad weapon contract is has been announced that's right the u s army announced the award of a ten year Firm fixed price follow up on production contract to Sig Sawyer.
4: That's
2: Uh, right. A fixed price contract. Fixed. Hmm. Ah, okay. Because they see what's happening with this inflation. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's 8 to 10% a month.
1: Mm -hmm. So the XM5 rifle and the XM250 automatic rifle and the 6.8 common cartridge family of, um, of ammunition. So this award was made following a rigorous 27 month prototype. An evolution, well, evaluation effort that included numerous technical tests and soldier touch points of three competing prototype systems. So, the X5 rifle will replace the M4, M4A1 carbine within the close compact force, and the XM250 automatic rifle is planned to replace uh, the is going to be the replacement for the M249 squad automatic weapon. The saw, the saw. Mm -hmm. That's right. So we'll see how that does. I mean, man, I hope that was enough time for them to evaluate it. 27 months. So now they're going to 6.8 millimeter. Ooh, big guns. All right, so we'll see how that goes. All right, so Columbus, Columbus. Is this Columbus, Georgia or Columbus, Ohio? All right, it's Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. It's a crime not to report a stolen gun to police. Uh, Check out, Read that story in Columbus. Check that out. You see it? Columbus there? Columbus? Yeah, read that. Columbus. It's in Columbus. It's uh, Columbus police. Absolutely alarmed about a trend of stolen guns from cars. You see it?
2: Uh-uh.
1: All right. So, uh, yeah, if you leave, please, people, don't leave your gun in your car. Because you leave your gun in your car, you know, that's how criminals get their hands on
2: firearms. And they say a lot of these cars are unlocked. That's right. Usually unlocked vehicles. Unlocked vehicle. 25 reports of stolen guns when car owners knew how the crooks got inside. Most of them reported they left their cars unlocked. Mm, don't do that. Don't do that. How do you even leave your
1: car unlocked? Don't leave it unlocked. Uh, you know why? Because people have their key fob in their pocket. And typically when they get home, you know, they you know take their clothes off or whatever, sit something down, sit something down on the key fob, and they accidentally unlock their vehicle by mistake. It happens a lot. So one of the first things I do before I go to bed at night is I double check that the, the, my, all the vehicles are locked in the driveway. And I don't leave my guns in my vehicle. I remove them from the vehicle and bring them Oops. inside the house. <laughs> yeah, one more time. Oops. <laughs> yeah, Oops. yeah, exactly. So don't do that. Remove the guns from the vehicle, bring them inside, and double check. Make sure your vehicle's doors are locked. And then turn your alarm on and lock all the doors and windows inside the house. That's how you make sure you're safe.
2: They just signed the state's uh, new permitless carry law. Well, the governor did. Yeah. and It starts next month.
1: All right. Over in Florida. Florida sheriff promotes gun safety. Of course, for residents to shoot home invaders. Go, this sheriff says, you know what? You know, we're done. You know, we don't have the funding to answer all the calls. There's not enough police per capita of people in the county. So look, people take a gun safety course, go to the range practice, become proficient. Learn what the laws are and then protect yourself and use force or deadly forces, you know, because the paramedics will be, get there before the police will get there. <laughs> That's what the sheriff is saying. He's like, look, we're not, we don't have enough police. We're not going to get there. We're not, you know, we're coming, you know, but it's going to be some time. The paramedics will be there long before we get there. So, you know what? Go ahead and use force, deadly force. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Get yourself a good attorney. Take some classes, get some training, and defend yourself. So this sheriff in Florida encourages all his residents to take that gun safety course. Uh, so police arrested Brandon J. Harris, 32, who was arrested after allegedly breaking into several homes in Pace, Florida, and was stopped by a homeowner who fired multiple gunshots at him. As the calls of the break-ins begin to come in to the sheriff's office at around 4.30 p.m. This dude was doing this at 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Who breaks in the homes at 4.30 p.m.?
2: It's the wrong time to be breaking in the
1: home. <laughs> 4.30, I tell you. Uh, so according to the police, it's just just insane. So I I just don't get it. You know, I don't get it. You know, um, You know, when it comes to using force, a daily force, when it comes to you protecting yourself as a person, if someone is committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, you can use force, a daily force to stop them. Okay. Aggravated kidnapping is what the law says. The law does not say kidnapping. Unfortunately, the reason the law does not say kidnapping by itself and it it actually says aggravated kidnapping is because when they were debating this at the Texas legislature, they said, you know what? We don't want regular citizens, you know, to, you know, to husband and wives to wind up in a uh, dispute over child custody, exchanging kids for the weekend and end up in a shootout on who's supposed to get the kicks, who's not. Because I don't know if you know this or not, the majority of your, what are those those alerts that we get on the phone all the time? Amber the Alerts. Amber Alerts are usually a family member. <laughs> and so, you know, they said, hey, you know, so we're not going to allow you to use, you know, deadly force for simple kidnapping, but if it's aggravated kidnapping, if they're holding the kid for ransom, you know, holding them for ransom, use them as a shield, trying to kill them, then you can use force, a deadly force to stop them. You know, So it says aggravated kidnapping, and then it says murder. It does not say pushing you. It does not say hitting you. It does not say shoving you. It does not say slapping you. It says, you know, is this person trying to kill you? Are they trying to kill you? They're killing you. You can use force or daily force to stop them because life is precious. So you can use use force or daily force if it's aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. Robbery is if someone's taking something from you with force. Give me your wallet. Give me your phone. They're doing it with force. Then you can use force, daily force to stop them. Aggravated robbery, production of a weapon, a knife, or a gun, they are taking it with force, with a weapon, that's aggravated robbery. Theft, theft is actually different from robbery and, and aggravated robbery. Theft is if someone walks into a store, they take something off the shelf, put it in their pocket, that is theft. Theft is if, if the UPS driver delivers a package, puts it on the front door, or the Amazon driver delivers a package, puts it on the front door, jumps in their vehicle, drives off, someone comes in behind them and takes that package, that is theft, Okay? So the difference between robbery and aggravated robbery, that there is a case of theft. That is why you're seeing in California, people are taking shopping carts into the grocery store, loading them up, and then casually walking out to their vehicle and putting the groceries in their vehicle and driving off because that is theft. And it's, you know, the law says, hey, you can't do a whole bunch about theft, especially during the daytime, not in Texas. At night, 30 minutes before sunrise, 30 minutes after sunset, you can use force to deal force to stop them. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You listen, come and talk it with Michael Cargill.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on.